You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is the On Point with Victor show. I am Victor Armendariz, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Uh, thanks for tuning in today, folks. Look, I, I know, I know, I know. Um, you've all been waiting and with bated breath. What is Victor going to say about this election? <laughs> so, you know, there there is a lot to say. There's a lot to talk about. Um, look, folks, the first thing I want to tell you is the world is not ending. Um, all is not lost. I, I, you guys who know me well, and you guys who listen all the time, you know that I, uh, I, I, I like to be positive. I like to be optimistic. And believe it or not, there is optimism in what happened last Tuesday. Um, I, uh, you know, I get accused of smiling all the time. Victor, how can you be happy? How can you this? How can you that? Well, look, I have tell, I will tell you, and I'll keep telling you that Walking with a smile and trying to find optimism in your life is going to make your life better. Because if you, if you let anger rule your day or if you let anger make your decisions, then you're going to make life harder and life is already hard. So, um, and look, I've got some life experiences to back me up on that, but I won't go into them now. So, so just, just understand it and take a step back. Um, all is not lost. The world is not ending. Uh, now, am I saying there wasn't fraud in this election? By gosh, no, I am not saying that because we know for a fact there is, there was fraud. Was it enough to change the results of the election? I don't know that, um, and nobody's going to know that, and we may not ever know that. Um, but to say there's no fraud is a flat out lie. The 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 CNNs, the MSNBCs, ABCs, and when when they can take a break from their celebration in the streets, uh, they just continue to lie and lie and lie to the American people that there's no evidence of fraud when there is. And we are doing ourselves, we're doing our republic a disservice when we say there is no fraud. Now, again, understand me. I am not saying that there was enough fraud to change the election. I still believe that turnout can beat fraud. But I do believe that we all underestimated the, the, the willingness of not just the Democrats, folks. Understand this. The establishment Republicans in Washington are just as to blame with what's going on as the Democrats are. This plan that was in place for the mail-in ballots, the Republican establishment stood by and allowed it to happen. The establishment Republicans are to blame a lot for what's happening and because they stood by and let a lot of, a lot of this happen and i think myself i underestimated and i am i know that president trump underestimated the that the establishment republicans were never ever ever on his side you know when when trump won in 2016 he put some establishment people in his cabinet because he thought okay i won and this is a clear victory in 2016 and now let me let's let's come together. And I think and Trump truly wanted to come together. And he put some establishment Republican people in his cabinet. And then he soon came to find out that they were working against him from within his cabinet. And then he had to start dumping those guys and bringing in his own people. And it took probably two half of his first term, probably for him to weed out the establishment that he thought would come along with him. You know those so-called conservatives, those so-called conservatives 
who who every two and four years would run and tell you how conservative they're going to be and how they're going to stop Obamacare, how they're going to stop socialism. They they talked a big game, and then along comes Donald J. Trump, who actually gets things done, and they hate him for it. Folks, we have all underestimated the bubble that is the Washington establishment. I have told you before, I knew Donald J. Trump was the right president when we saw all of the Democrat establishment and most of the Republican establishment come together and hate President Trump. The two establishment parties hate the person that we the people sent to the exec to lead the executive branch. When we when I saw that, I knew we had the right guy. Now, is is President Trump perfect? No. Did President Trump lay into uh, fall into some of the traps they set for him? Yes, he did. Uh, but President Trump's not a politician, folks, and and I don't think he ever will be. Um, and, and I'm not going to rehash how good it is to have a CEO in the presidency, as we saw. Um, but unfortunately, because of some of Trump's, Trump's personality traits and tactics, he played into a lot of the lies that the media made about him. And, and unfortunately, some of those stuck. And, and unfortunately, that fueled enough hate, which may have won this election for Biden. Uh, but but we, we have to take lessons from this election. And, and folks... It, it it's not going to help to get angry. It's not going to help to get mad. It's not going to help to to go have arguments. Let your Democrat friends continue to be mad because, folks, they will be. The Democrats will not be happy with a Biden win. They they're going to jump around in the streets for a while, but it's not going to be enough. Next, they're going to want to get rid of Biden because they're going to want Kamala because they always wanted a a radical person like Kamala to lead this to the, the Democrat Party. So, um, folks, I'm going to get into this a little bit later, but you're about to see if, if the, if the results hold and Biden takes the president, you know, he's, he's inaugurated in Jan, on January 20th. You're going to see Jill Biden. Look, let's face it. What is behind Joe Biden is Jill Biden. Jill Biden wants this power. And you're going to see a fight with Jill Biden. And the Kamala people. And the Kamala people is going to be AOC. It's going to be the Gang of Four. It's going to be Bernie Sanders. It's going to be the eventually the establishment's going to get behind Kamala. Pelosi's already behind her. Sanders will be behind her if he's not already. And I told you, AOC and her gang, they're all going to be with Kamala. You're going to see a fight erupt between Jill Biden. And the Kamala people, they're going to want to get Joe out as soon as they can, and they're going to want get to get Kamala in because they have to build Kamala up before the next election. Kamala is not likable. Uh, no one went to the polls to vote for her. Hell, they didn't even go vote for Biden. They just went to go vote against Orange Man Bad. So when you've got an election in four years, I don't think Kamala can hold her weight, and I think they know that. Uh, so you're going to see this battle develop, and I'll get into that a little bit more later. And, and, and folks, take my word for this. Uh, you may not be hearing other people talk about this in other show hosts, but that's why you're tuned in to On Point with Victor to get a different kind of perspective. Uh, because you're going to see this, this battle erupt within the Democrat party. Uh, it's going to be Jill Biden versus basically everyone else and Kamala. Uh, so, so understand that, but, but let me get back to some lessons that we've got to learn from this election. Um, folks, we cannot un- d- deny and and underestimate anymore the power of the establishment. And again, let me repeat that. You've got 
all the Democrats, you've got the establishment Republicans that sit in Washington. And during the day, they'll put on a show for you guys. During the day, they will argue and fight with each other. Uh, they'll come out and call each other names. But folks, what you don't see is in the evening in Washington, D.C., at the finest steakhouses, you're going to see the Pelosi's and the Lindsey Graham's sitting, breaking bread together and laughing about the money they're spending, uh, laughing about what they pulled over on the American people. You're, you're going – what you don't see – are all of this establishment people playing together in Washington? And they may joke with each other. You may see the Republican establishment tell the Democrats, "Oh, ha ha ha, uh, we got we got your ten million you wanted reduced to eight million, or eight or ten billion we got it reduced to eight billion. And then you may have the Democrats one night coming up, "Oh, ha ha ha," laughing with the establishment Republicans, telling them, "Ha ha, you guys thought we were going to get six billion, but we got eight billion. Boy, we pulled that one off on you." But what they're all doing together is screwing you and me, we the people. And we've got to understand, and I am telling you folks, the reason why I'm pointing this out so much is because we know there is fraud going on, and this fraud needs to be stopped in, 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 the, in our elections. But right now, the minute last Tuesday, well, let's just say on by Thursday, you had establishment Republicans. Chris Christie was one of the first, and then the Bushies, and then all the establishment Republicans in Washington, all the the uh, 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 how should I say this? The the lobbyists, the the corporatists, the. Uh, the, there's another word I'm looking for and it's escaping me now, but I'll get to it. But, but these establishment Republican types from the elected to the non-elected to the bureaucrats, the so-called Republican establishment, the, they're so-called Republicans, but it's an establishment. They were all starting last Thursday to fall in line with Biden. They want you, they, they want Trump out. So they're trying to put forth this narrative that, oh, you're crazy. There's nothing to see here. There's no fraud here. You're crazy. So they're jumping in with the Democrats. And then you've got a Democrat party right now that's telling you, shut up, and and you adore Biden. Well, folks, that's not a republic. A republic form of government, which we have and which we damn well better preserve, our republic has to answer to the people. So when 70 million voters in America say, hey, we're not so sure we feel comfortable with this election, we've got some questions. It is the duty of the representative to answer, to address and answer the questions and the grievances of the people of which they govern because they are sent there by the people to govern. That is a republic. Notice I am not saying democracy because we are not a democracy. Folks, I'm not angry. I'm not angry. I'm just right. And in a republic, we must address the questions of the people. And in order to keep a republic, we've got to have a sound and fair elections. If half the country doesn't feel that we're having a fair election, our republic isn't going to last. It's, it's not going to stand. That uh, Having half the country feel like the election was, was falsified, that's just chipping away at the republic. That's chipping away at our form of government. And we don't want to do that. So when you hear the Democrats and the, and the media overwhelmingly and establishment Republicans telling you, the voter, shut up, shut up and sit down, and, and, and you accept these results, and you will love Biden, when you're hearing that, that's tyranny, folks. That's not a republic. Tyranny, socialism, communism tries to tell you to shut up. Those forms of governments tells you to take, take your questions and go pound it. But that's not a republic. A republic, 
addresses the grievances and questions of the people. Now, I am not saying that that this election is going to be reversed. But what I am saying is we better address the questions, do the investigations. Folks, in 2000, Al Gore, they had 37 or so days to contest the election. Or should I say, I should say it this way. His legal team spent 37 days fighting and challenging the results of the election in 2000. You know what, folks? There was nothing wrong with that. They got adjudicated. And it was there for everyone to see so the American people could rest assured there was an investigation and the investigation rule figured out that Bush won in 2000 and that we went on with our business. And here we are now with the media and the Democrats and the establishment Republicans doing everything they can to make you think that this election's done because they don't want to answer the questions about fraud. And, and that's the worst thing to do right now. We need to for, all or most of the American people to feel good about the election process. The only way to do that is to have an investigation. We need an investigation. And again, don't misunderstand me. I do not know, nor do I honestly think that that the election results are going to change. But I want an investigation because I want the American people to know, okay, we found these illegal votes and they're going to toss them out. We found a problem here, so we're going to toss it out. Maybe it doesn't change the election, but from here on out, we let the American people know that we are going to have fair elections and we're going to weed out the fraud. But to try and sit here and say there's no fraud is to really chip away at our republic. And, folks, we can't lose our republic. We just can't. So me personally, if Biden wins, hey, great. Congratulations. You guys did a better job maybe. Um, unfortunately, maybe hate did win the day. Um, I've never seen an election where hate won the day, but we may have just seen it last week. But if he wins, folks, that's fine. But we need to know that it was a fair election, and we need to make sure going forward that we don't have these problems with the election again. Um, we don't need to have inconsistencies. We need a consistent, fair election so the American people can feel good about their republic. And we keep the elected officials in check. We cannot let bureaucrats and these communities that are run by Democrats, these polling places run by Democrats, we can't let them get away with some of the fraud. Now, we're going to go to our break pretty soon. And and when we come back from the break, I'm going to give you a breakdown of what we know, not speculation, what we know, uh, what fraud we know happened. Now, again, was it enough fraud to change the election? I doubt it. But we know there was fraud, and I'm going to get into that a line by line. I'm going to show you and tell you what happened that we know for a fact happened. And this is what I'm talking about when we have to have an investigation and have this stuff fixed before we move on to the next elections. And if you're a Republican, if you're a Trump supporter – and look, there's a difference between the Republican Party and Trump's party because Trump was transforming the Republican Party, which is why the establishment hates him. And again, let me just make it clear how under how we underestimated the Republican establishment because they want to throw Trump out just as bad as the Democrats. Okay, when we come back from the break, I'm going to go down a list of the fraud that we know of ha- has happened, folks. So get your pen and pencil ready, and we will be right back. You're listening to America's Web Radio. 
Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Good morning. Uh, this is David Moxley and the Classic Car Show, and uh, we've got a great job to do right now, and that's welcome a new advertiser to the Classic Car Show. And many of you have seen their trucks on the road as well as know and have used them over the in the past. And it's um, we've got uh, Steve Capra on the line with us, and he's with McAllister's Transportation Group. And, um, Steve, how are you doing today? Morning, David. I'm fine. How about yourself? Just fine. And tell us something about uh, what you do as well as uh, what makes you all stand out from everybody else. Sure. Uh, first of all, I'd like to uh, thank you for, uh, for the time and the opportunity to sponsor and partner with such a, a great group. You guys, for what you stand for, uh, is right in line with uh, the mottos and uh, the mantra of our company as well. Uh, my title is Vice President of Sales and Business Development. I'm responsible for all sales throughout the United States, uh, myself and my team. Uh, and what we do as a company is we provide enclosed transportation to the automobile industry. Uh, and that's straight down from the OEMs through snowbirds and personal moves. And our favorite stuff to do of, of all of that is uh, the collector car market. Uh, we're fully involved with the Amelia Islands. Uh, Pebble Beaches and all of the major shows throughout the United States. You know, and I have heard nothing but th- good things about you all, and we certainly do appreciate it. How do people get a hold of you? And um, we'll go from there. Sure. You can uh, reach us a couple different ways. The easiest way is if you're uh, web savvy, you can go to McAllister's, and that's M dot com. And you can see a whole layout on on what we do as an organization. And there's a web form there that you can send in and request a quote for a transport move. Or you can call our 800 number. That's 800-748-3160. And, David, I don't give this number out to many people, but I'm going to give it out to you and to your viewers. Uh, They can call my direct cell line as well. And that's 609-960-6397. And uh, just give us a call. We're here to serve you uh, and here to uh, to make everything happen for you folks. Steve, thank you. And we look forward to a long partnership and friendship with you all, with you and McAllister. So we uh, thanks for being a part of America's Web Radio now. Get your pen and paper ready. If there's a move in your near future, I'm here to tell you that the folks I used and now recommend is Around Town Movers. Timothy and the guys recently moved me, and I am and was totally satisfied with a sometimes not-so-fun experience moving. Call Timothy at 770-378-4708 and make it a good move and a good experience. Around Town Movers for that local or cross-country move. Timothy, Around Town Movers, in my opinion, are the best. And I want to remind everybody that this great estate sale will be starting on friday at 9 a.m and if you haven't heard about it just go to our 
Facebook page and look it up, and you'll find out the information on where you can contact to get more information and take a look at all of the stuff. And it's not really all of the stuff. It's just a small portion of all the items that will be up for sale. Thousands of books, uh, 33 and a third LPs, and much, much more. Crystal, antiques, furniture, you name it, and it's going to be for sale Friday, Saturday, and Sunday up in Dawsonville, and it is well worth the drive. Piano for sale, I mean, it's just one of everything. So be sure and take a look at our Facebook page, America's Web Radio, and you can get all the details and see a picture of a number of the items as well as a house that will be for sale very shortly. So take a look at it and um, make plans for Dawsonville Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and take your checkbook. And we're back. We're back, folks. Welcome back. Okay. All right. <clears throat> let me go over a few things, folks. Um, look, let me let me start by recapping last Tuesday and, and, and why there is so much doubt. Uh, first of all, we live in a country of amazing tech, amazing technology. Um, I believe American Idol or America's Got Talent or whatever those TV shows are, are able to process votes, uh, millions and millions of votes within a 30 minute or less time. I mean, I don't know. I don't really watch those shows, but I know that they take votes and I know, I know they're calling votes, not the same, but still they can tabulate votes pretty darn quickly. There is no reason on God's green earth why the ballots couldn't have been counted within a 24-hour period. I'm sorry. I just I'm, I'm, I refuse to believe that. If if you're going to have uh, voting, which this is another topic we'll get into later, is we got to fix the way we vote. Um, we open it for fraud, so so we're causing this problem by allowing uh, early voting. We you know voting is 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 voting day. It's not voting season. It's not voting months. It's not voting week. It's voting day. And we've got to get back to a point where you get off your lazy butt because this is important. So you get off your butt and you go into the polls and you vote. If you're elderly and you can't do that, then you order your absentee ballot. The absentee ballot is a verifiable ballot. The mail-in ballot is not. And we've got to do away. We have to immediately get the legislative branches all over the country in every state. The legislatures need to take up. And we, the people, need to demand this. But mail-in ballot voting needs to be stopped and killed immediately. Um, there is no reason to have mail-in ballots when we have absentee ballots. Absentee ballots, you can order it in whatever state you're in and get your absentee if you need to. Uh, if you and, and if not, then you need to go to the poll on polling day. Um, if you're going to be out of town, then let's then I'm okay with doing starting voting a week early. Um, so with voting a week early, having voting day, and having and having absentee ballots, that really should be sufficient. It, 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 I mean, folks, we have to get away. The only reason we're where we are now with mail-in ballots, with month early voting, is is to open the door for fraud. And it's also to try and get people to vote before they see a debate or before they see uh, something that might change their minds. Got to argue with you. Okay, yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Yes, Legendary Dave. I have no problem with 
early voting at all. And one of the main reasons I have no problem with it, it still demands an ID. Well, that's and true. That's true. I think the whole thing... But how thing, early do you think well, it should start? Well, no, I think we should, at, at a maximum, two weeks okay. before the election. I can live with that. I can uh, live with that. You know, a month and a half, two months... Too, too much. It's too much, yeah. and you don't know... You Things know, can happen. Uh, I think there's less chance of fraud when you have to go into the polling place yeah. than mail-in. Certainly, I'm totally against mail-in. I yeah. think that's... Well, that's asking for well, it. See, and we this got is it. this is perfect, uh, David, because that's the kind of debate that the states need to have. And just like maybe there's maybe it's two weeks, maybe it's three weeks, but you go in, like you said, you show your ID and you vote. But the mail ins but we can agree that mail ins got to stop. And I, I so. would I would venture to say of the people that voted early and are waited until election day, they already have, and you brought up well, you may not have the debates. I don't think particularly in this election it made any difference. It may not have. People's minds were made yeah. up months ago, probably. Could, could be, but, could be. you know, I don't know. I don't think it needs uh, to be six months in advance wow. or two months in advance or anything else. But, uh, well, my main point is voter ID. Mm-hmm. End of story. I don't care if it's yeah. if it's a tattoo on your back, you know, <laughs> with your be, picture. I, I agree 100%. And and it's going to be up to we the people because every state has to do this. Every state legislature sets election law in their states. And, and we do not want the federal government dictating election law. So, But we as people have to get behind and push the state legislatures to fix this. And again, now... I wouldn't be opposed, though, David, so I might contradict myself here. I wouldn't be opposed to a federal – maybe somehow from the legislator on the on the federal level to ban mail-in voting because I think mail-in voting is, is – there's too much fraud there. It cannot be – there's nothing more important than voting. I, I can't go buy a car. I can't go into buildings without an ID. I, I really – there's no way on earth I should be able to vote for elected officials that's going to – they're going to – Take the direction of this country, and who knows which way. They should. You should never be able to do that without without proving who you are. You are a citizen, and you are of age to vote. And uh, is it a conflict of interest for the Speaker of the House to sell voting machines? <laughs> now, I haven't looked into that, David, but I've heard, and absolutely, if that's the case, then of course, no, no government official should have anything to do with code writing programs, uh, voting machines, or anything. No elected official, absolutely not. That needs to be a complete neutral uh, party, and the company that's developing these also somehow, hopefully, could prove their neutrality, um, or or just make you know that that's another thing, David. We like I said, we've really got to investigate the way we do elections i i am uh, we have to do everything we can to make elections fair and legitimate and and without fraud so that all americans across the country can feel good whether they win or lose look there's always going to be a winner there's always going to be a loser and you're not going to win everything just as the patriots are finding out right now that they ain't going to win anymore um there's a winner there's a loser and we have to live with it and if you have a fair election, you can usually live with it. Um, but when when you lose, and 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 you you just 
you see that the election's not not a hundred percent fair, that just causes too much strife. And and in a republic, we don't need that. We don't need to be a third world. And right now, we're acting like a third world. And and it's it's just it's awful because we're better than that. We've got the greatest country in the world. We've got the best system of government in the world, and we have the best economic system when we let capitalism rule the day. Uh, so there's so much good that we have and we just really need to make sure generations after generations protect it and if we don't protect it now then we can't expect our generations after us to protect it because they're not going to know what it was <laughs> and you know, like reagan used to say um freedom is like only it. one generation away exactly um he said we're reagan used to say we're a generation from losing freedom if we stop protecting freedom now and, and the current generation so um, and we're on the ledge and we, i do believe we're on the ledge i do because of things that are happening now so so let me I'll, I'll get into this a little bit and let me show you the evidence and again folks don't misunderstand me i'm not saying the election might flip or might change but i'm saying that we need to stop the fraud now because it is so apparent that there was fraud. Now, let me get back to what I was saying just a minute ago. We we have the te- so much technology. There's no reason we can't vote. I mean, we can't count votes on election day. Uh, the state of Florida, Rick DeSantos, is my hero of the election. Uh, Rick DeSantos told the Florida election officials and everybody that you will count, and this count will be done. And by 8:30 or so, he called that state. Now the media didn't. Uh, but 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 uh, Rick DeSantos was certifying that election, or at least letting it out at eight thirty or so uh, on Tuesday night that uh, Trump had won Florida. Now they did a fantastic job counting, and and Rick DeSantos for the past four years, I'm sorry, two years since he's been elected, he has been assuring and making sure that everyone understood what the election law is in Florida, and that everybody was going to abide by it. And and they did a fantastic job. They really did. Um, now, when you look at Tuesday night, Trump by eight thirty, nine o'clock, ten. Um, let's say ten o'clock, ten thirty. Look, I was a at ten, just after ten o'clock. I was a guest on WSB, a Zoom kind of a group that was on Facebook Live for WSB Radio, and we were talking about the election. And there were a couple of, um, I know one really hard Democrat and one maybe independent and then a conservative and then myself. And it was clear to me that Trump was winning. It was, what was that? Short Mexican? Uh, yes, short Mexican. I, you know, I got, there's, there's some group I've got to represent. <laughs> so, um, but we, but it was clear to me that the two that seemed to have Biden voters were very upset because they had already determined in their, that Trump was going to win. And they had right to think that way because by 10 o'clock, 1030, you, or leading up to 10 o'clock, uh, Trump was winning. Trump was winning Pennsylvania by 700 or so thousand votes. He was winning Michigan. He was winning Wisconsin. I believe at the time he was winning Georgia. Um, and his leads were getting, uh, the spread was getting longer, I mean, uh, wider. Uh, uh, Trump was on his way to a pretty hefty win. And then something happened. Voting stopped. They stopped counting in Georgia. They tried to blame it on a water main break. Oh, please. I want to see the proof of that, folks. This is the kind of stuff that can't be allowed to happen. And shame on Kemp and shame on Ratzlisberger for not stepping in and doing what uh, Rick DeSantos did in Florida. So I can get into a whole lot of that later. But um, but shame on the governor of, of, of Georgia because I, I, I'm sorry. He, he should have stepped in on Tuesday, and he didn't. Uh, but um, – 
Georgia stopped counting. And and oddly enough, it wasn't all of Georgia. It was just DeKalb County, heavy blue, and Fulton County, heavy blue. So the, 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 the precincts that are run by Democrats couldn't count anymore, and they just stopped counting. And I'm using air quotes, couldn't count anymore. Um, then you had Michigan stop counting. Detroit, oddly enough, the bluest place in, in Michigan. Uh, then you had um, uh, Wisconsin stop voting. You had Pennsylvania stop voting. So you see what I'm saying here, folks? You had the crucial states, the swing states, stop counting. And Trump was leading and leading by big margins in every one of them. And, and, if, and if the margin seemed to be growing towards Trump's favor, so they stopped voting. Now, ask yourself this. Why on earth would you stop counting? I'm not, uh, stop counting. They stopped counting. And why would you do that? Well, logic would dictate that you'd stop counting because you want to see how many votes you're going to need to go harvest. Folks, ballot harvesting, number one, needs to be outlawed immediately. Um, even before the mail-in ballots gets outlawed, Ballot harvesting needs to be stopped and deemed illegal. In fact, I'm pretty sure ballot harvesting might be illegal in some places, but they're doing it, and it's got to stop. So when you see election night, the counting stop. Folks, there's no reason for counting to stop on election night. No reason. And yet these states deemed it necessary to stop counting, so you've got to ask yourself why. Follow the logical line. If I'm going to stop counting, gosh, is it because they're trying to figure out how many votes they need to go find? And then around midnight, when everybody was asleep, two in the morning, ballots started showing up. Ballots showed up in DeKalb County, Georgia. Ballots showed up in Pennsylvania. Um, this, this, again, was it enough to change the election? I don't know. But is it fraud? Yes. And does it need to be investigated? Yes. Because this stuff can't be allowed to happen. If we allow it to happen now and, the, and, and for these people to get away with it, it's just going to get worse and worse. And that's not good for our republic. Um, whether Biden is president next year or Trump is president next year, the republic and the state of our nation is bigger than both of them. The, 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 our form of government is bigger than Trump, and it's bigger than Biden. A president is only going to be elected for, at the minimum, four years, at the maximum, eight years. But our republic must stand. If we're going to leave freedom and liberty for generations to come, then we must save the republic now. And this is what I'm saying. So, so there can't be this kind of doubt. So this, this is this anecdotal, what I'm telling you about how, why, why would they stop counting and stuff. So let me get into some facts. Uh, because now we know, and folks, this is what we know. We know this to be fact. Okay. So in Nevada, in Michigan, and Pennsylvania, the Trump campaign has collected signed affidavits. Now, there is a difference between anecdotal evidence an affidavit witness and I call it an affidavit witness because folks listen when a witness comes forward or a whistleblower comes forward and they're saying hey I saw this and then they sign okay if they come out and say I saw this that's anecdotal when they come out and say I saw it and I'm signing yes I'm going to sign an affidavit under oath stating what I saw to be true and they're doing it under oath and once they sign that affidavit then that becomes hard evidence Hard evidence, folks. That's no longer anecdotal. That's hard evidence. And right now, in Nevada, Michigan, Pennsylvania, the Trump campaign has collected several signed affidavits to attest to criminal activity that went on during the voting process. Okay? 
That's number one. In Detroit, witnesses under oath, again, signed affidavits, people going under oath, witnesses going under oath, said ballots were backdated and signatures were not matched. Those are poll workers, folks. These are poll workers in Detroit, which probably Democrats. But they were so troubled by what they saw. They have now signed affidavits and they are under oath telling what they witnessed, which was in Detroit, which was ballots were being backdated. That means a ballot came in after Tuesday and the election officials were making them backdate it to the third. So the ballot came in on the fourth or came in on the fifth and they were changing it to the third. That is illegal. And that cannot stand. Again, is it going to change the election? I don't know. Maybe not. But this kind of fraud cannot stand. Now, let me go on. One poll watcher alleged that 40,000 late arriving unsealed ballots were orally counted and every one of them, 100%, went for the Democrats, went for Biden and the Democrats. So, folks, understand this. Because it's it's statistically impossible if you're going to get 40,000 votes and not one is going to be for the opposition party. They're all going to be for the Democrats. It just doesn't uh, – this doesn't hold water. But this poll watcher is saying, this witness is alleging that these late arrival unsealed ballots were orally counted, not machine counted. They were just called out. They opened it up. Oh, Biden. Oh, Biden. And they counted all 40,000 for the Democrats. In Nevada, there are eight whistleblowers, folks. Now, remember uh, a, a few short months ago how the Democrats loved the idea of a whistleblower. In fact, they created a whistleblower who wasn't really the whistleblower, and that led to uh, the fake impeachment hearings. Well, here we have in Nevada eight actual whistleblowers from within the Nevada Elections Department. These are eight people who work for the Nevada Election Departments who are whistleblowers signing affidavits saying they witnessed voter fraud by other election officials, including the election supervisor. Okay, folks, this is not anecdotal. These are statements being made by witnesses and whistleblowers and affidavits being signed. Um, Now, here's another one. One affidavit stated that one poll worker saw handfuls of ballots. I mean, picture this, folks. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. But there is, again, this is not anecdotal. And and a witness who signed an an affidavit under oath stated that they witnessed a poll worker, I mean, a poll worker witnessed a handful of ballots being carried to a Biden-Harris campaign van. Those ballots were filled out in the van and placed in envelopes. Then Biden supporters formed a wall so observers could not see what was going on. Now, where do you think those ballots ended up? They ended up in the vote count, and they were all for Biden. Um, But you have a witness under oath saying they saw handfuls of ballots carried to a Biden-Harris van. They were dumb enough to use a van that said Biden-Harris on it. And then Biden supporters formed a wall around it so you observers couldn't see what was going on. Okay, so this is a signed affidavit. This is under oath. Um, according to voting records, dead people... We had the we had a zombie apocalypse last Tuesday. We didn't know about it apparently, but we now know because of voting records, dead people rose from the dead and voted last Tuesday. 
That has to stop, folks. Again, is it enough to change the election? I don't know. I don't know. And honestly, at this point, I would rather get to the bottom and again fix the fraud than to have an election uh, uh, turned around. Now, if it turns out that it turns around because of the fraud, then, then that is the right thing to do. But we have to get a grip on what's going on and stop lying to the American people that there's no fraud going on. Because I'm listing this to you. These, this is affidavit, people under oath. This is proven stuff here, folks. And according to voting records, folks, you can go on and punch in a name and see if that person voted. And that's what they're doing. And they're, they're finding dead people who are somehow getting out of their grave and they went to go vote and then they got back in their grave. Um, so I, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's got to stop. So, and here's another one. The Republican Party of Nevada says it's aware of hundreds of cases of dead people voting. This is this is ridiculous. Again, in a, in, in a, at a time when we have so much technology, we still can't clean the voting roll vo- voting rolls. We can't clean up this data file, so dead people are voting. I, I, but it's terrible. But but in Nevada, they're aware of hundreds of cases of dead people voting, and the same thing is happening in Pennsylvania, uh, in the state of Georgia. Here's here's one here right home, the the home of On Point with Victor, the home of America's Web Radio. The state of Georgia has admitted that people did double vote and or illegally voted in other ways. That's right here in Georgia. Now, the Secretary of State in Georgia is saying that it's not enough to change the election. I don't know how he knows that until we find all the fraudulent votes. But I, at least it sounds like they're trying to – I think they're a dollar uh, – how's the saying? A day late, a dollar short – I think that Kemp and Brad Rossesberg, the Secretary of State and Governor and the Governor and the Secretary of State are a little late to the game, but uh, they are investigating, so let's hope this investigation happens because they they admitted that there were double votes going on and, and other illegal voting going on in the state of Georgia. That's awful, folks. This cannot stand. So as I mentioned, all of these accusations that I just went through have been verified and affidavits signed. Um I mean, folks, this is just uh, even uh, uh, look. I the, the if you're a fan of Tucker Carlson, go look up his show. He goes through this in much more detail. Um, but they they verify again. If you've got someone signing an affidavit, they're they're going under oath that they witnessed these things. Um, so we know it's happened. We know it's happened. So when you hear CNN and MSNBC and all the rest of them tell you that there's no fraud, they're lying to you, folks. They're lying to you. And and this is the stuff we can't stand. If we're going to be a republic, we darn well better act like a republic. And again, when you hear these people on the news and you hear Democrats and you hear the Hollywood and those idiots on The View, I shouldn't say that. I should be nice. When you hear the show, The View, and all these other liberal shows tell you that you need to shut up, sit down, and and deal with it, that you need to swallow your meta, whatever it is they're using, whatever they're telling you, that's terrible, folks. Because in a republic, we answer to the people. And when you have half the people in this country who aren't trusting the results of an election, then it is our duty to investigate. It's our duty. It's the duty of our representatives to make sure that we're transparent and that the American people can feel good about an election. Okay, let's take the next break and then uh, we'll come back on the other side and we'll get in. I'm going to get into some things that we need to do and some positives that we need to take from this election. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is On Point with Victor. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend 
but needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctor's Lounge and hear the doctor's conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz, every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, welcome back, folks. Welcome back. You are listening to America's Web Radio. I am Victor Armendariz. I almost forgot. <laughs> All right. I almost had a Biden moment there. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm going to be nice. All right, folks. There are some positive things that we've got to take from this. And and, and listen, I, I, I don't want you to let your guard down. Um, it is a duty, you as a voter, you as a citizen of this country, we the people, it is our duty to hold our elected officials accountable. And, folks, we have to start on the local levels. We, If we're going to save the republic, then we're going to do it by saving the states. Because per our Constitution, all power resides with the states unless it's in a, a, an enumerated power given to the federal government. And, folks, there are 18 enumerated powers. Other than that, power resides with the states. And the only way to reserve or or to secure the power of our state is to make sure we're electing good people on the local level. So let me tell you what came good out of Tuesday night. Tuesday night, there was no blue wave. We were told for months and months leading up to the 2020 election that the Democrats were going to sweep they, we were told the Democrats were going to take more seats in the House. We were told they were going to take the Senate. We were told they were going to take state legislatures, and we were told they would take state governorships. They didn't do any of that, folks. Listen, let me tell you, this is, this is a good thing, and this is what we can take from the election. If Biden is president next year for the next – well, let's be honest. He will not be president for four years. <laughs> it's going to be Kamala. So if Kamala Harris is president for the next term – um, we need to continue what what was started on Tuesday night, because Tuesday night, folks, we get the Republicans gain seats in the House. Uh, you're not hearing this much on the media because they're baffled that it happened. But first of all, uh, President Trump got 70 million plus votes, more votes than any Republican has ever gotten 
ever, ever. Donald Trump brought people to the Republican Party that that were sitting on the sidelines and not voting before because they don't want to be part of the establishment Republican mess. Um, so we've got to capitalize on that. We, we've got to keep these voters engaged. And what happened Tuesday night was we gained – the Republicans gained seats in the House. They gained seats in state legislatures, and they gained a governorship. So there was there was kind of a red wave that went through Tuesday night. There was no blue wave. So again, let me repeat. We have gained seats in the House. So I'm not sure what it is right now. I think at this point there's five or so gains, but it looks like we might have ten or more gains when this election's all said and done. That's huge. Pelosi's power, we're just chipping away at it. Um so that's a positive. We got to keep running with that. Um, when we get to 2022, we need to have another 2010 red wave, and we need to take the House back and get that out of the hands of Pelosi. And I think we can do that. I think we're on our way to doing that. And then we've got to we've got to keep the Senate. Look, I do believe the Republicans are going to hold the Senate. We've got two huge races in Georgia. And I'm hoping that the governor of Georgia and the secretary of state on Georgia are going to get on top of things and make sure there's no fraud in the special election coming up because the Democrats are already trying to figure out how they can steal this, this two Senate seats. So we must preserve those Senate seats. And if you are a Trump voter in Georgia and I know you're upset right now, you got to let that go. And you've got to get out there and you've got to vote for Kelly Leffler and you've got to vote for David Perdue because if we let the Senate fall, then I don't know if the republic can be saved. And I know those are big. That's a big statement. And I hate I know every year, oh, the election the biggest, the most important of the lifetime, blah, blah, blah. I know that you hear that a lot. But, folks, if we lose control of the Senate and there, so Pelosi's controlling the House, Schumer's controlling the Senate and Biden and Kamala are signing uh, <laughs> the, the bills. I don't know if we can save the republic. So we must save the Senate. So if you are in Georgia and anywhere else there's a runoff, you got to let your anger or, or displeasement with the election go. And you've got to do right and go vote. So don't don't sit on your laurels. You got to go vote. Just as you had that enthusiasm to go vote for Donald Trump, you've got to go vote for the Republican senators. We've got to keep the Senate. So, uh, and then another, and like I said, I'm from Tuesday night. Also, there were state legislatures that were won by Republicans. So that means more states on the local level have a Republican legislature. Folks, the legislature are the ones who set election law. So all of these uh, legislatures, if you're in a state and your Republican leadership is taking over that state, then you need to start pushing them and telling them, you better fix the election law. You better, you know, do away with mail-in ballots. Uh, whatever it is that, that, that needs to happen. You got to hold these officials' feet to the fire. Um, you cannot rest. We cannot rest. The next two years will be crucial. Um, but on the local level, we can really, really start to change things. Um, we just had a census this year, folks, which means there's going to be some redistricting coming up. And whoever controls the state legislature controls the redistricting. And right now it's going to be more of the Republican side. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, so, so there are, these are all positives that came out of Tuesday night. Now, let me speak of something else. It looks like, now I don't know the numbers yet, but it looks like President Trump is going to come away with, uh, I think, the most black vote ever given to a Republican, 
the most Hispanic vote ever given to a Republican, possibly maybe even the Jewish vote and, and other minorities. Folks, the minority voter is trending towards Trump. And if Biden is president and Trump loses, we can't lose this momentum. President Trump has done a great job of, of making the Republican Party the working man's party again, because it is. The Republican Party is not the millionaire billionaire cl- uh, club. The Democrat Party is. And you, if you need proof, folks, every billion dollar, million billion dollar athlete is a Democrat. All these Hollywoodians that make $20 million per movie, they're Democrats. The owner of Amazon, Democrat. Apple, Democrat. Google, Democrat. Facebook, Democrat. GM, Democrat. I could go corporate, corporate, corporate after corporation after corporation where they're Democrats. Folks, the Democrat Party is the party of the elite. It is the party of the billionaire and the millionaires. That's the Democrat Party. The Republican Party is now the party of the working man, which honestly it always has been because policy is what's going to help people, not words, not not pitting people against each other. The Democrat Party sees color. They always see color first. They're an, they're an identity party. You can't succeed because you're black. You can't succeed because you're Hispanic brown. You can't succeed because you're Jewish. You can't succeed because of this. That's what you hear from the Democrat Party. Along comes Donald Trump. Hey, I'm going to lower taxes. That's going to help you. I'm going to lower regulation. That's going to help you build a business. I'm going to not require these regulations and this because that's going to help your business. And then all of a sudden, my goodness, the black population has the lowest unemployment. The Hispanics, the lowest unemployment. That really happened under Donald Trump. Because policy matters. Now, that is why so many black people, so many Hispanic people went to Donald Trump this election and voted for Republicans. Now, the Republican Party needs to understand one thing, and you listen to me now. If you're an establishment Republican operative out there and you're listening to me, then you need to hear this well. The Trump voter isn't voting for you. The Trump voter isn't voting for the old establishment Republican Party. The Trump voter is voting for the new Trump Republican Party, which is the party of the working man. It's the party of low taxes. It's the party of smaller government. It's the party of low regulation. That is what we want in the party. With or without Donald Trump leading the way, that is what this voter wants now. So if you're out there in the Republican establishment and you think just because you might get rid of Trump that you're going to keep these voters, you are sadly mistaken. Just as you were mistaken in 2010, when the Tea Party came along, the Tea Party, there was a grassroots movement of people like myself who believe in smaller government, we believe in low taxes. In fact, we need the fair tax and we need the fair tax now. And when I say the fair tax, I mean a consumption tax. And in 2010, when we had this grassroots movement that they called the Tea Party, we wanted a consumption tax. We want the income tax repealed and gone. We want smaller government. We want low regulation. We want to be energy independent. We want to cut spending. These are all the things that we need to do, folks. So so the Republican Party needs to make no mistake. We, the voter, are a conservative voter who believes in the really helping people and helping the working man and doing it through policy. 
So they need to remember that. And, folks, we need to take this movement and, and take it to the local levels. We need to get out and we need to get the, the, the black folks, the Hispanic folks. They're energized now and moving to the Republican Party. We need to capitalize on this. And if we can take the local level, if we can get the black population and Hispanic population involved in the, on the local level from your community to your, to your cities, to the mayors, to, and, and get them involved so that we can get small government Republican conservatives elected, then when we take the local city level and the municipalities and then we move that to the state and then we move that to federal, you see what I'm saying, folks? That's how we're going to save this republic. And we've got to capitalize. We've got so many minorities coming over to the Republican Party. We've got to make it happen in the states because if we build this from the grassroots up, then there's nothing going to stop this movement. And if we're going to beat Kamala Harris in four years, and yes, I say Kamala Harris, if we're going to beat her in four years, then we better get our stuff together now. And we better keep this movement growing. We've got to continue to welcome the minorities. Folks, look, I'm Hispanic. We all know that. And I am telling you, a, a, a Republican Party that embraces a fair tax, a consumption tax, uh, cutting spending, uh, low regulation, energy independence, and freedom of religion, and the Second Amendment, if we've got to hold the Second Amendment, that's the party that's going to bring people together. So, but folks, that's what we got to do. So, all right, well, uh, thanks for tuning in. Listen, we're going to get back next week, and we're going to talk about more stuff and more positive stuff. We're going to take this positivity. We're going to win in 2022. We're going to win in 2024. We're going we're gonna to do great, folks. Trust me on this. So there stay are, tuned. Uh, there are two names <coughs> that people need to keep in mind, only two. Okay. Kelly Loeffler. And, and David Yes, Perdue. yes. Those are the only names yeah. that will be mentioned and, on America's web radio. And you know what, David? If you're, Folks, if you're not in Georgia, let's help Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue. Because if you're not in Georgia, the, the Senate rests on these two senators. So you've got to call in. You, you, you reach, in, reach out and help Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue. Because legendary Dave is right. If we don't help these two, David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler... Then and we lose the Senate, we're going to lose this country. So, all right, folks, stay tuned. Uh, Locked and Loaded is next with Roger B. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.